Section 20 of The Common Reader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The Common Reader by Virginia Woolf. Outlines Miss Mitford. Speaking truthfully, Mary Russell Mitford and Her Surroundings is not a good book. It neither enlarges the mind nor purifies the heart. There is nothing in it about prime ministers and not very much about Miss Mitford. Yet, as one is setting out to speak the truth, one must own that there are certain books which can be read without the mind and without the heart, but still with considerable enjoyment. To come to the point, the great merit of these scrapbooks, for they can scarcely be called biographies, is that they license mendacity. One cannot believe what Miss Hill says about Miss Mitford, and thus one is free to invent Miss Mitford for oneself. Not for a second do we accuse Miss Hill of telling lies. That infirmity is entirely ours. For example, Alsford was the birthplace of one who loved nature as few have loved her, and whose writings breathe the air of the hayfields and the scent of the hawthorn boughs, and seem to waft to us the sweet breezes that blow over ripened cornfields and daisied meadows. It is perfectly true that Miss Midford was born at Alsford, and yet, when it is put like that, we doubt whether she was ever born at all. Indeed, she was, says Miss Hill. She was born on the 16th December, 1787. A pleasant house, in truth it was, Miss Mitford writes. The breakfast-room was a lofty and spacious apartment. So Miss Mitford was born in the breakfast-room about 8.30 on a snowy morning between the doctor's second and third cups of tea. "'Pardon me,' said Mrs. Mitford, turning a little pale, but not omitting to add the right quantity of cream to her husband's tea. "'I feel—that is the way in which mendacity begins. There is something plausible and even ingenious in her approaches. The touch about the cream, for instance, might be called historical, for it is well known that when Mary won twenty thousand pounds in the Irish lottery, the doctor spent it all upon Wedgwood china, the winning number being stamped upon the soup plates in the middle of an Irish harp, the whole being surmounted by the Mitford arms, and encircled by the motto of Sir John Bertram, one of William the Conqueror's knights, from whom the Mitfords claimed descent. Observe, says Mendacity, with what an air the doctor drinks his tea and how she poor lady contrives to curtsy as she leaves the room tea i inquire for the doctor though a fine figure of a man is already purple and profuse and foams like a crimson cock over the frill of his fine laced shirt since the ladies have left the room mendacity begins and goes on to make up a pack of lies with the sole object of proving that dr mitford kept a mistress in the purlieus of reading 
and paid her money on the pretense that he was investing it in a new method of lighting and heating houses invented by the marquis de chavannes it came to the same thing in the end to the king's bench prison that is to say but instead of allowing us to recall the literary and historical associations of the place mendacity wanders off to the window and distracts us again by the platitudinous remark that it is still snowing there is something very charming in an ancient snowstorm the weather has varied almost as much in the course of generations as mankind the snow of those days was more formally shaped and a good deal softer than the snow of ours just as an eighteenth-century cow was no more like our cows than she was like the florid and fiery cows of elizabethan pastures sufficient attention has scarcely been paid to this aspect of literature which it cannot be denied has its importance our brilliant young men might do worse when in search of a subject than devote a year or two to cows in literature snow in literature the daisy in chaucer and in coventry patmore at any rate the snow falls heavily the portsmouth mail-coach has already lost its way several ships have foundered and margate pier has been totally destroyed at hatfield peveril twenty sheep have been buried and though one supports itself by gnawing wurzels which it has found near it there is grave reason to fear that the french king's coach has been blocked on the road to colchester it is now the sixteenth of february eighteen o eight poor mrs mitford twenty-one years ago she left the breakfast-room and no news has yet been received of her child even mendacity is a little ashamed of itself and picking up mary russell mitford and her surroundings assures us that everything will come right if we possess ourselves in patience the french king's coach was on its way to bocking at bocking lived lord and lady charles murray ainsley and lord charles was shy lord charles had always been shy once when mary mitford was five years old sixteen years that is before the sheep were lost and the french king went to bocking mary threw him into an agony of blushing by running up to his chair in mistake for that of my papa he had indeed to leave the room miss hill who somewhat strangely finds the society of lord and lady charles pleasant does not wish to quit it without introducing an incident in connection with them which took place in the month of february eighteen o eight but is miss mitford concerned in it we ask for there must be an end of trifling to some extent that is to say lady charles was a cousin of the mitfords and lord charles was shy mendacity is quite ready to deal with the incident even on these terms but we repeat we have had enough of trifling miss mitford may not be a great woman for all we know she was not even a good one but we have certain responsibilities as a reviewer which we are not going to evade 
there is to begin with english literature a sense of the beauty of nature has never been altogether absent however much the cow may change from age to age from english poetry nevertheless the difference between pope and wordsworth in this respect is very considerable lyrical ballads was published in seventeen ninety eight our village in eighteen twenty four one being in verse and the other in prose it is not necessary to labor a comparison which contains however not only the elements of justice but the seeds of many volumes like her great predecessor miss mitford much preferred the country to the town and thus perhaps it may not be inopportune to dwell for a moment upon the king of saxony mary anning and the ichthyosaurus let alone the fact that mary anning and mary mitford had a christian name in common they are further connected by what can scarcely be called a fact but may without hazard be called a probability miss mitford was looking for fossils at lyme regis only fifteen years before mary anning found one the king of saxony visited lyme in eighteen forty four and seeing the head of an ichthyosaurus in mary anning's window asked her to drive to pinney and explore the rocks while they were looking for fossils an old woman seated herself in the king's coach was she mary mitford truth compels us to say that she was not but there is no doubt and we are not trifling when we say it that mary mitford often expressed a wish that she had known mary anning and it is singularly unfortunate to have to state that she never did for we have reached the year eighteen forty four mary mitford is fifty-seven years of age and so far thanks to mendacity and its trifling ways all we know of her is that she did not know mary anning had not found an ichthyosaurus had not been out in a snowstorm and had not seen the king of france it is time to wring the creature's neck and begin again at the very beginning what considerations then had weight with miss hill when she decided to write mary russell mitford and her surroundings three emerge from the rest and may be held of paramount importance in the first place miss mitford was a lady in the second she was born in the year seventeen eighty seven and in the third the stock of female characters who lend themselves to biographic treatment by their own sex is for one reason or another running short for instance little is known of sappho and that little is not wholly to her credit lady jane grey has merit but is undeniably obscure of george sand the more we know the less we approve george eliot was led into evil ways which not all her philosophy can excuse the brontes however highly we rate their genius lacked that indefinable something which marks the lady harriet martineau was an atheist mrs browning was a married woman jane austen fanny burney and maria edgeworth have been done already 
so that what with one thing and another mary russell midford is the only woman left there is no need to labor the extreme importance of the date when we see the word surroundings on the back of a book surroundings as they are called are invariably eighteenth-century surroundings when we come as of course we do to that phrase which relates how as we looked upon the steps leading down from the upper room we fancied we saw the tiny figure jumping from step to step it would be the grossest outrage upon our sensibilities to be told that those steps were athenian elizabethan or parisian they were of course eighteenth-century steps leading down from the old panelled room into the shady garden where tradition has it william pitt played marbles or if we like to be bold where on still summer days we can almost fancy that we hear the drums of bonaparte on the coast of france bonaparte is the limit of the imagination on one side as monmouth is on the other it would be fatal if the imagination took to toying with prince albert or sporting with king john but fancy knows her place and there is no need to labor the point that her place is the eighteenth century the other point is more obscure one must be a lady yet what that means and whether we like what it means may both be doubtful if we say that jane austen was a lady and that charlotte bronte was not one we do as much as need be done in the way of definition and commit ourselves to neither side it is undoubtedly because of their reticence that miss hill is on the side of the ladies they sigh things off and they smile things off but they never seize the silver table by the legs or dash the teacups on the floor it is in many ways a great convenience to have a subject who can be trusted to live a long life without once raising her voice sixteen years is a considerable stretch of time but of a lady it is enough to say here mary mitford passed sixteen years of her life and here she got to know and love not only their own beautiful grounds but also every turn of the surrounding shady lanes her loves were vegetable and her lanes were shady then of course she was educated at the school where jane austen and mrs sherwood had been educated she visited lyme regis and there is mention of the cob she saw london from the top of st paul's and london was much smaller then than it is now she changed from one charming house to another and several distinguished literary gentlemen paid her compliments and came to tea when the dining-room ceiling fell down it did not fall on her head and when she took a ticket in a lottery she did win the prize if in the foregoing sentences there are any words of more than two syllables it is our fault and not miss hill's and to do that writer justice there are not many whole sentences in the book which are neither quoted from miss mitford nor supported by the authority of mr Crissy. but how dangerous a thing is life 
can one be sure that anything not wholly made of mahogany will to the very end stand empty in the sun even cupboards have their secret springs and when inadvertently we are sure miss hill touches this one out terrible to relate topples a stout old gentleman in plain english miss mitford had a father there is nothing actually improper in that many women have had fathers but miss mitford's father was kept in a cupboard that is to say he was not a nice father miss hill even goes so far as to conjecture that when an imposing procession of neighbors and friends followed him to the grave we cannot help thinking that this was more to show sympathy and respect for miss mitford than from special respect for him severe as the judgment is the gluttonous bibulous amorous old man did something to deserve it the less said about him the better only if from your earliest childhood your father has gambled and speculated first with your mother's fortune then with your own spent your earnings driven you to earn more and spent that too if in old age he has lain upon a sofa and insisted that fresh air is bad for daughters if dying at length he has left debts that can only be paid by selling everything you have or sponging upon the charity of friends then even a lady sometimes raises her voice miss mitford herself spoke out once it was grief to go there i had toiled and striven and tasted as deeply of bitter anxiety of fear and of hope as often falls to the lot of woman what language for a lady to use for a lady too who owns a teapot there is a drawing of the teapot at the bottom of the page but it is now of no avail miss mitford has smashed it to smithereens that is the worst of writing about ladies they have fathers as well as teapots on the other hand some pieces of dr mitford's wedgwood dinner service are still in existence and a copy of adam's geography which mary won as a prize at school is in our temporary possession if there is nothing improper in the suggestion might not the next book be devoted entirely to them end of section twenty